Hi, welcome to episode 28 of Donna's Intermittent Fasting Journal Podcast Videocast. I am so happy that you've decided to join me for the second part of carb cycling. In episode 27, um, I talked about carb cycling in general. I asked the question, should you carb cycle? I gave you an overview of carb cycling. I taught about low-carb diets, keto versus low-carb versus carb cycling. And then I gave you some of my rants and raves about carb cycling. So you can check all of that out in number 27. And again, if you want to see these live when they're made or you want to uh, watch them you know, at your own leisure, you can join Donna's Intermittent Fasting Group to catch them all there. So this week, um, I'm going to do part two of carb cycling with intermittent fasting and um, it is going to be about the three approaches and so I'm going to talk about the simplest way um, one that might appeal to those of us who don't really want to bring in a lot of car a lot of counting and things and then I'm going to talk about the more difficult and then the most difficult so if you are joining us on iTunes um, I have the information in the outline for you and uh, you'll be able to follow that as well as people at the blog and people at the intermittent fasting group and people at you, uh, YouTube. However, you will not be able to see the boards as I walk through them here. So you might want to check out the video at either the blog, DonnaReach.com, episode number 28, or at um, my YouTube channel, DonnaReach, uh, the YouTube channel. I have a couple of them. So unless you want to learn about how to teach um, be a helper link verbs to uh, second through 12th graders. You might want not want to go to Character Inc., but go to Donna Reed. All right. So um, remember that I said that there are different ways to carb cycle and that you only want to carb cycle if you want to bring in another boundary, right? Um, if you are plateauing and you've been you know, doing it for a while and you feel like you need another restriction, you need some kind of boundaries brought in to add to what you're already doing. Um, or if you are within 20 to 30 pounds of your goal weight and you're like, what can I do to finish this off? And then also I talked about the importance of just learning about food, learning about macronutrients, learning about your calories, your total daily energy expenditure. What does it really take food-wise for you to function, right? Because we all start with a basis of calories and then we have different effects on those calories that will be based on, this is why intermittent fasting has a huge effect on calories. We can actually eat a few more because we have this fat burning going on. We are going into fat burning each day during the fast. We have our hormones being balanced, and you can learn more about that at my course, the Intermittent Fasting course, um, at where I teach extensively the calories in, calories out game. Um, it is a game of sorts because we all start with this basics, this basic amount, number of calories that it takes. And so the first approach to that is called basal metabolic rate, BMR. And that is, what does it take for me to lie in bed and breathe? Okay, that is your BMR. And then you have your TDEE, which is your total daily energy expenditure. And that is, what does it take for me to do what I do? So what does it take for me to breathe, to sleep, to walk around? What does it take for me to digest my food? What's the thermic effect of my food? And what does it take for me to sustain my level of activity? And that is called the TDEE. So all carb cycling begins with TDEE. And actually, all calorie cycling from episode 26 also begins with TDEE. And um, I know that there's a lot of information about how, you know, you can't go by TDEE. Calories are different day by day, and, and calories are different person by person, and all of that is completely true. But we have to have a starting point. Everybody needs a starting point. Now, do we need to do anything once we find out that information? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe intermittent fasting, making a small calorie deficit all across the board, and just um, having an OMAD 3, like I teach at the blog, DonnaReach.com, OMAD 3, one meal a day divided into three distinct eating 
portions as opposed to grazing. Maybe a long fasting window, a short eating window, um, appetite correction, um, lowering our ghrelin and increasing our leptin by not going too low in calories and through intermittent fasting, boosting our metabolism 12 to 14% through intermittent fasting. Um, all of these things, maybe that's enough. Maybe we do not need to do another thing. And if that's you, then just come along for the ride to learn more about your body and about food and about healthy eating and about macros and so forth. And if you do need more, then you might consider to episode 26, calorie cycling, or episode 27 and 28, carb cycling. All right, so the simplest approach. The simplest approach is one where you, I got a small board for it since it's simple. It is one where we just take our week and we just say, I'm going to eat low carb this day, high carb this day. I'm going to go over this board in just a second. So in the simplest approach, all we're doing is saying, I'm going to have low carb days and I'm going to have high carb days. And that's all we're going to do with that. All right. All of them, <laughs> all of the approaches, even the simple one, I'm sorry to say, since I'm not mathematical mama, I'm language lady, but all of the approaches start out with TDEE, total daily energy expenditure. And um, so that's what we need to focus on at first. All three of the methods do that, and so does calorie cycling. It all starts out with that. And as I mentioned in part one of this carb cycling video series, it's important for us to see what do we need. We have, if we've been overweight our entire lives, we have continuously and consistently eaten more than we need. So I think all of us could benefit from realizing I do not need to eat as much as I've been eating. And again, maybe it's going to happen for you naturally with intermittent fasting all the way down to your goal weight which is amazing. But if you need help, stick with me. All right, so you need to, first of all, in all three approaches, get your TDEE. -E. And again, that's not your basal metabolic rate, lying in bed, because we don't lie in bed and just breathe 24 hours a day. We eat food that has a thermic effect. We have are moving around, uh, which has been increased through the years, actually, from Fitbits and uh, different um, uh, calculators of those types. So that's good, Our just our movement. And then our exercise expenditure. So TDEE -E is total daily energy expenditure. So every one of these starts with that. And a um, few things about TDEE, -E, which I talked about in episode 26 with calorie cycling, but I'm going to mention here at the beginning of the first simple approach. And that is that you want to be 100% honest when you're doing your TDEE. Now, it's interesting to note that I have been learning about this in the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, last few weeks. And uh, one of the uh, videos said that they had their TDEE done um, through some kind of test. I don't know what kind of test it was, but some kind of medical test. And I think she said it cost $100. It wasn't like outlandish or anything, but she was doing it to get a comparison. And she said that people who do the, the paid approach, the medical approach, whatever that approach is, um, I'm pretty sure that might be blood gases. But at any rate, um, they find that their TDEE, doing it with an online calculator, compared to doing it with that test, it's only 3 to 5% difference. So I think in, in what their bodies really did use. So I think that it's pretty safe to use one of the online calculators to get this TDEE. So um, I'll put it in the notes. Let me just make a note here to not forget that. If it fits your macros is the site that I use. But you can just Google TDEE calculator and it will tell you that. It will tell you what your body needs um, to consume in caloric levels each day over average. All right, now, a few things about that. What, regardless of what, what calculator you're using, the, one that, the reason I like this IIFYM, um, first of all, you get a lot of information from them after you do it. So if you are prone to the diet mentality, then you, know, you might want 
I mean, I'm, I'm not really for signing up for something and then unsubscribing because I feel like if somebody's giving you something for free, then you should listen to what they have to say, you know, if at all possible. I mean, I'm not against you if you did that on my blog or anything like that, but I chose to stay connected to the site at least for a while because they gave me something free. They gave me something very valuable. Um, and that's the way blogging works, right? <laughs> we all know that. And so, um, but if you are prone to that diet mentality, and this is just going to take you back to a place where you should not go, then you might want to unsubscribe after you use one of these online calculators. That isn't the advice I would usually give because I think we need to respect people who are giving away free information. But um, if that is going to hurt you, then I think you should consider that. All right. So um, the thing that I like about the IIFYM First of all, that is a macro site, and they teach how to manage your weight with macronutrient counts. Um, macronutrient counting is very laborious to me. I left that laborious counting uh, behind, and I don't really want to do that much. As you'll see in the when I get the big board out for the um, most difficult way, if you are, the, I mean, when I did it, I did it for the podcast and video cast today. But I do not want to do that again. I don't want to live like that again. All right. So um, uh, that IIFYM is a great site that is helping a lot of people, hundreds of thousands of people manage their weight through macro counting. And there are a lot of good things about it, including the fact that it doesn't villainize carbohydrates. It doesn't villainize fats. And it focuses, well, you can focus on healthy food. Carb cycling focuses on healthy food. IIFYM is more like intermittent fasting in that it focuses on if it fits your macros. That's why it's called if it fits your macros, IIFYM. And so in that regard, it's kind of like uh, fasting. We eat whatever we want in our eating window. And that's what IIFYM focuses on, eating whatever they want as long as it fits in your macros. So in that regard, you could say, well, those people are just eating, you know, ice cream and and pizza and, um, you know, tacos and French fries and candy bars. Or you could say for the first time in their lives, those people are eating protein and they're eating, you know, they're eating maybe healthier foods as a result of it. Some people are against IIFYM for the same reasons they're against intermittent fasting because you shouldn't eat whatever you want, right? We hear that. We hear that a lot. In some of the bigger groups, there are people who do that all the time and, uh, you know, that people who eat birthday cake are bad. You know, we're, we're always villainizing somebody or something, which is sad, but that's the way it is. So um, IIFYM is very um, counting. I want to warn you with that. All right. So you take your total daily energy expenditure. The, the one thing I liked about IIFYM as its calculator is that it was very thorough. All right. So it asks you some pertinent questions. So you want to go to a calculator that does this. You want to go to a calculator that asks you um, what your current weight is and what your goal weight is and how much you want to lose each week. Don't put more than one pound in the calculator because we are saved through intermittent fasting from going so low in calories that we harm our metabolism. So if you put three pounds a week, guess what? You're going to be down to 1,100 calories, bow down to 900 calories, and then you're going to be going right back into the diet mentality, unsustainable, miserable, metabolic harming, and then we're right back where we came out of. All right? So I encourage you just to put one pound a week. Um, and it and the beauty of that is that it is going to give you your TDEE, your total daily. Well, let me keep going here. So you're going to put your goal weight, how, how quickly you want to lose it, one pound per week. You're going to put uh, your activity level. And I really encourage you to be 100% honest on your activity level. I mentioned this in episode 27. At first, I didn't want to put my exercise in because I was like, well, what if I'm not as consistent with it as I have been for the last three months? You know, what, you know, then I'm going to be having too many calories. And, you know, we start getting into this calorie game again. And that is a danger of calorie cycling or carb cycling. So you have to decide if, it, if that's something you want to do. You have to really guard against that because we can really get back into that. And, and I found myself doing it like, no, I don't want to put my exercise in because then I will end up uh, with 
too many calories if I don't do that some week. So I didn't put it in and it took me down to 1600 a day, which isn't terrible, but it doesn't allow a lot of room for partying on the weekends with, you know, 13 kids and kids in love and soon to be four grandkids, right? You know, my life consists of lots of festivities. Remember I mentioned that last week, fiestas. Um, so Put, then I put it back in and it took me up to 1800. So that's where I am right now because I do HIT training and I do uh, strength training. So, um, and then I do some cardio the other days, like walking and dancing, things like that. So um, you want to be honest with it. All right. Don't put too little like I did, but then also don't pad it. You don't want to say you exercise 45 minutes, five times a week at a hard intensity if you take five two-minute, two-mile walks, right? That's not, it might take you 45 minutes, but that's not a hard intensity, okay? So be sure that you're honest because if you're honest, it'll come out pretty clear and it'll come out pretty close to what you really are. All right, so then at that point, it's going to give you your TDEE. And the beauty of this is that it's going to give you your total daily energy expenditure to lose one pound per week until you get to your goal, guess what? That is going to be the level of calories, carbohydrates, fats. It gives you all your macros. It's very cool in that regard. It gives you the whole the whole thing. It's going to give you all of those um, for the rest of your life. Ha! Huh. Because we are never going to be able to go back to the way we were before. And however we are at the time that we are get to our goal weight, that is how we're going to have to be for the rest of our lives. So we're going to have to, you know, realize that this is where I'm going to stay. As At my activity level, I'm going to stay at an average of 1,800 calories, and I'll give you my macros in just a little bit when I use the big board. Um, and that is where I'm going to have to be. Now, can we affect that? We hear people all the time in the big groups who get all the way down to their goal weight, and then they kept on losing. So they needed to do something different. They needed more calories. Ha! How cool is that? Or they got down to their goal weight and then they kept losing. Maybe they were at their goal weight and they got to an eight. And then they just, uh, six months later, they wore a six. And six months later, they wore a four. And now sometimes they wear twos and they didn't have any weight change at all. That's going to be us, you and me. Yay, us. So, um, the beautiful thing about it is that it's going to give you what you're going to need to do for the rest of your life. And then we just need to settle in there. We have to come to grips with the fact that this is what we need to live on. It's just like a budget cut. It is exactly like a budget cut. And unless we do something to increase our income, this is where we are living. This is what we are doing for the rest of our lives. So that is TDEE. So you get that TDEE in all three approaches, right? Then the simple approach has you eating low carb, which is 30 to 80 carbs, one to three days a week. Usually they, the simplest approach is low, high, low, high, low, high. All right. Now, um, the reason this is the simplest approach is because it only counts carbohydrates. I have some, some qualms with this if you don't understand calories, fats, and macros. Because fats have nine calories per gram. You've heard me teach about this before. And carbs and proteins have four calories per gram. So if we decrease our carbs from our TDEE, which is what we need to keep losing weight, what we need to, to weigh our goal weight, we need to get more calories from someplace else. The same thing is true on the high carb days. So if we go up on our high carb days from our TDEE carbohydrates, we have to cut calories someplace else. And I talked about this last week, how what really is the difference between doing this and just looking at your whole week and saying, I'm going to eat more on this day, so I'm going to eat less on this day. Those are some things that we need to ask ourselves if we want to adopt another approach with intermittent fasting. I personally am not going to adopt anything so complicated. I shouldn't say that. I don't want to adopt anything so complicated, but I'm not down to my last, you know, five to 10 pounds, just really wanting it that badly, you know, enough to do something that drastic. But 
Um, so with the 30 to 80 carbs on your, let's say, three days a week, you can eat more fat here, and you pair this with cardio or light exercise, and you alternate with high-carb days, or you do low, low, high, low, low, high, or you do low, high, low, high, low, high, and then the next day, um, you, um, the seventh day, you can either do a low-carb a high carb or a cheat meal or a cheat day. That's what they call them. I don't really like to call those that because again, I get so tired of so many years of everybody's every all foods being so bad and everybody cheating and everybody, you know, uh, villainizing foods and things like that. So I would call it a free meal. If you're gonna have a free meal on that day or whatever. Okay. Now here's my board for this. Let me explain a few things about this board. So this is the simplest approach, believe it or not. I know that was a lot of counting. This is the simplest approach. So with this approach, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I'm having um, low carb, which is only up to here, which is 50 carbs for me. I don't usually go below 50 carbs because I don't like that many low carb foods. And I also don't like just tanking up on fats all the time. I already tried that. And I didn't like it. Okay, so your fat is higher here. Fat plus, plus, plus. So this is your low-carb day. For me, it's 50 carbs, or it's not really, but I'm just using that for this purpose here. Fats are high. Now, this down here is the exercise. Now, you, if you remember right, last week I talked about how you pair carb cycling with, um, you pair carb cycling with your exercise. And most people who carb cycle, uh, they pair with their they pair their exercises with their carb level for that day. So in other words, if today is a low carb day, they would do a moderate exercise. They would do a um, like cardio. They would go walking. They would go dancing. They you know would do something lighter, uh, maybe even like a low low impact aerobics course or something like that. Um, and then on their high carb day, when they're filling their glycogen stores in their muscles with carbs. Remember, that's what high carbs do. They fill your glycogen stores. When they're doing that, then they have their weight training, their um, hard weight training. So then they're doing their legs, their back. Um, they're doing HIT, longer HIT, high intensity interval training. Now, since we are, for the most part, most people, generally speaking, who are fasting, and also doing serious training, uh, gym training or exercise training, they are doing their workouts fasted. So that's what this arrow backwards means. The way I'm teaching this is that you are going to base your exercise on the previous day. So um, because if you, if you have, take this for example, hit. If Sunday was a resting day, I mean, it was a low carb or no count or free day or whatever you want to call it. The glycogen stores are filled up. So that's when I want my hit the next morning. Not that day because I've exercised fasted in the morning. So I really want to, what I'm really looking at is what are my carb stores from yesterday? Not what am I having today because I'm exercising before I ever eat. So that's why these arrows are going backwards. We're going to base our exercise little differently with intermittent fasting, we're going to base it on the previous day, not on the current day. Okay, so this is the simplest approach. We're going to have a low carb day for 50 carbs, higher in fats. That's when I'm going to eat my nuts. I'm going to eat my steak. I'm going to eat my bacon. I'm going to eat my eggs. Um, those type of things, but lower in carbs, 50 carbs. And I'm going to do HIIT training because yesterday I ate more carbs. Tuesday, I'm going to do high carb, which is 150. And again, these are going to be uh, uh, simple carbs. So, I mean, complex carbs. They're going to be complex carbs, which means that they have fiber in them and things like that. So they're going to be real foods. Brown rice, um, potatoes, sweet potatoes, fruit, um, quinoa, bananas. Um, I eat sprouted bread um, a lot. I like sprouted bread. I have the recipe at my blog. Um, low-carb sprouted bread, actually, is the recipe at the blog. Okay, so then that's fat is minus. So I'm going to, when I'm eating those higher-carb foods, I'm going to lower my fat. Now, this is a simple approach, which means you have a working knowledge of, okay, today I'm eating 
you know, uh, baked, um, air fried French fries. I'm eating, um, so, but I'm eating lower in fat. So I'm not going to have my steak today. I'm going to have my low, my chicken breast. I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to limit my fat. Now, being that this is a simple approach, you're not doing all that math. So you have to have some kind of working knowledge of carbs and fats to do the simplest approach, right? Like I know, you know, how many years I dieted, I already told you that. <laughs> so I know all about it. And I also understand about macros and, and nine calories per fat gram and four per, per protein and four for carbs. And I had a little bit of nutrition in college and so forth. So, all right, so uh, then I'm going today, since I'm having high carb, Nope. Since yesterday I had low carb, I'm going to do cardio today. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to um, go dance. I'm going to, uh, you know, just do some lower lower intensity. Not something that needs so much glycogen in my muscles. All right. Then on Wednesday, I'm back to low carb and higher fat, and I'm doing hit because yesterday I had high carb. And then you just continue with this: low carb, high fat, high carb, low fat. Low carb, high fat, high carb, low fat, and so forth, all the way through. Now, you don't have to do it this way. You can look at your week at a glance and say, I'm going out on Wednesday, so I'm going to automatically pin in a high carb day because I'm having bread, chicken breast, baked potato, um, you know, or baked sweet potato, whatever, a little bit of fat, not a lot of fat, um, and I'm, I know I'm going out here. And so then you can make it work just like we do when we look at our whole week with intermittent fasting and we bring in boundaries so that it all averages out. All right. So this is the simplest approach. You get your TDEE and um, actually you don't really have to use your TDE a lot in this approach because this just keeping your carbs at 50 and 150 and raising and lowering your fat, uh, you might be fine with this. You might not have to do anything more elaborate than this. And this would be actually kind of easy and kind of fun. I mean, I like apples, baked potatoes, chicken breast, right? Turkey bacon. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that you can still eat with this approach on your high carb day. And you still have that mental and emotional advantage that I talked about in episode 27. Um, so... Again, you're going to need less fat, more complex carbs, more fruits, more veggies. Uh, pair this with your exercise. Um, protein is going to stay the same all the time. You're going to see this a little bit more in the more elaborate versions of, of counting this. But your protein is going to stay the same all the time. So you're not going to change your protein. You're only going to change your protein source. So here, if you're low carb, but you're high in fat, this is when you might have your steak, bacon, you know, eggs, sausage, if you eat pork. Um, you know, that type of thing. Over here with higher carb, uh, cheese, um, cream, you know, those type of things. Here with higher carb, that's when you're going to have your turkey meats, your chicken, skinless chicken, things like that. Um, think, think about, just think about what you would eat if you were on low carb, a low carb diet here from your past history, and what you would eat if you were on Weight Watchers without the sugar and white flour here as much as sugar and white flour. Not that I, not that you wouldn't eat sugar or white flour, but you don't want that to be the bulk of your 150 carbs, right? Plus you really can't because candy would take you up, you know, candy bar would take you up in fats and you're gonna keep your fats low at the same time. So your protein is gonna stay the same all the way across the board. You're just gonna get it from a different source each time. I eat real foods and then do what you need to do for this last day. Again, this is high fat, low high, low high, low high, whatever, you can alternate it. You can do low, if you really, really want to hit fat burning, you can do low, low, high, low, low, high. And um, also try to watch your fats a little bit so that you're not eating too many calories. You could do whatever you want to make this fit in with your lifestyle, with your schedule for that week, and so on and so forth. All right. Now, if this doesn't help, you can go to a more mathematical approach. I'm going to get my big board for this even though this is a very scary board for those of us who are not that mathematical. All right, so with the complicated approach, the more difficult approach, the more difficult approach has you figuring your TDEE just like the simple approach. So I'm using myself as an example here of 1,800 calories is what my TDEE said based on my exercise and the fact that I want to weigh 
um, a certain weight and be a certain size. And I think that I will be uh, at a size eight at that weight based on based on past history and what I know about intermittent fasting and everything. So, um, so I, you do your TDEE. So that was at 1800. Now the difference between this simple approach where you're just going, I'm just looking at carbs. I'm, I am going to change my fats up a little bit, have less butter, have less peanut butter, have less egg yolk, have less nut, fewer nuts. I'm going to do that on my high carb day. I'm not going to worry about fats on my low carb day. Just easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um, but with this approach, it is really taking more specific look at proteins, fat, and carbohydrates. This is not for the faint of heart. I kind of lost connection there. I hope I'm okay. Um, so this is not for the faint of heart. And I personally don't want to do this. But I also want to help my students and my uh, readers and my viewers to do what they need to do to feel their very best, to weigh what they want to weigh, to wear the size they want to wear, to feel like they want to feel, and to look like what they want to look like. So I am becoming Mathematical Mama just for you. You're welcome. All right. So you're going to get really, really, really specific with this. Okay. So I'm going to try to do this backwards here. Um, let me just go over what it says in the handout, then I'm going to do the board. All right, so in the handout, it shows you that your low-carb day is your higher-fat day. So if you remember right, every calorie comes from protein, fat, or carbohydrates, or alcohol, which um, is kind of a carbohydrate, but um, we're not going to figure that into here. I would say that if you wanted to substitute alcohol for something, it has to be sub for a carb. It's obviously not a protein, and it's not worth as much as a fat. Well... I don't know, some alcohols worth six calories per um, gram. So maybe sometimes sub it as a fat, sometimes sub it as a carb. Um, I'm, I don't uh, drink alcohol, so I don't really know how to do that very well. <laughs> so um, anyway, but that's okay. You can, you, calories for the healthy person come from one of those three places. And if we have something else like alcohol, that's a fourth way to get it. And then we have to substitute it for fats and carbs sometimes. And um, it's not that you shouldn't drink wine or anything like that. That's up to you. But um, that will sometimes come from carbs and sometimes come from fats when you're subtracting it out. That's going to take even higher math. <laughs> all right. So low carb day, higher fat. Remember, all calories come from either fats, carbs, or proteins. So that's why we can't say one of them is horrible. All right. So they're all going to come from that. So I still add 1,800 calories to lose weight. That's my. That's what I'm going to be for the rest of my life until I stop exercising at the level that I am, like about 85, 90 years old. So anyway, <laughs> yes. All right. So protein is at, on your low-carb day, your higher-fat day, you have 40% from protein, 40% from fat, and 20% from carbs. So in this way, it's like a low-fat, low-calorie diet. All right, so for my 180 calories, my protein comes from 180 grams. My, car, my calories come from 180 grams of protein, which is a lot of protein. I just told my husband I was doing this. We do not eat enough protein. <laughs> and see, that's another thing. You don't have to do this complicated math. You don't have to do calorie cycling. You don't have to do carb cycling. But take some information away. Use this to better your life. How can this apply to you? I eat too much on the weekends. I eat too much in my festivities. I need to balance it out during the week. I need to eat more protein. You know, whatever it might be, take information that makes your life better. That's what I want you to do. I want you to be better. I want you to have what you want in your life in terms of your health and your weight that is in your control, right? And we have way more things in our control with intermittent fasting than we ever did before we were intermittent fasting. So, this, so that is what your low-carb day looks like, 180 grams of protein, 80 grams of fat, and 90 grams of carbohydrates. Now, keep in mind that the board I just showed you had 50 and 150 because I was making it simple. Uh, it might even be easier to say 50 and 200. Probably 150 carbs isn't really enough on your high-carb day. I was trying to give you a simple picture. On your low-carb high carb day, you're going to eat apples, bananas, watermelon, pineapple, um, healthy crackers, healthy uh, breads, rice, oatmeal, quinoa, you know, those type of things. Um, 
Then on your high carb day, we're gonna flip it. So all the time our protein stays the same. 40% of protein on low carb day and 40% of our calories come from protein on our high carb day. But we're gonna flip our fats and carbs now. So when our carbs go up to 40%, our fat goes down to 20%. So for me, this means 180 grams of protein again on my high carb day, 35 grams of fat because I'm eating all those carbs, I have to reduce my fat someplace, and 160 grams of carbs. And you can't just say, I'm going to eat 100 grams of fat and 100 grams of carbs because fats are two and a half, two nine calories per gram and carbs are only four calories per gram so you can't swap them out equally all right so you got to be careful if you up your fat you need to lower you can lower your carbs but you have to lower your carbs two carbs for every gram of fat actually more than that but okay all right so you still work you still work in your exercise in the same way and you can't have a specific plan for the week so like a quicker loss People say, I'm on point five under the more difficult approach, um, low, low, high, low, low, high, no carb or no count for the last day. Or regular loss is low, high, low, high, low, high, and then the seventh day is whatever you want it to be. So it's very tedious. I'm going to walk you through it here on the board. Okay, and this isn't even the worst one. <laughs> okay, so this is um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. All right, um, this is my low carb, my high fat. So my carbs are low, 90 grams. Low, uh, high carb, low fat. My carbs are high, C up, C down. This is just for abbreviation purposes on this board. Um, 160 grams of carbs. And then I'm gonna do the same thing all the way through here. So low carb, high carb, low carb, high carb, low carb, high carb, question mark. All right, so that means that it's 90 carbs, then 160, then 90, then 160, then 90, then 160. 160 doesn't give you like free reign in carbs, but it definitely lets you eat four to six carbier foods that day. Like I mentioned, the quinoa, the oatmeal, the brown rice, white potatoes, sweet potatoes, bananas, watermelon. Uh, whole grain breads, two slices of whole grain bread, so forth. So, um, but let me show you how this breaks down in terms of grams. So here's, here is Monday. Lower carb, 90 grams of carbs. I'm doing the 40% protein all across the board. I am doing 20% carbs on my low carb, but I'm doing 40% on my high carb. So I'm swapping. My fat is going to be at 40% when I'm low carb, low carb, and it's going to be at 20% um, when I'm high carb. Now this, this works because, well the question is, does it work because you are pairing your exercise? The day before I ate a lot of carbs, so I'm doing HIT on Monday, the day before Tuesday, I did low carb, so I'm doing cardio. The day before Wednesday, I did high carb, so I'm doing HIT. The day before Thursday, I did low carb, so I'm doing cardio. The day before Friday, I did high carb, so I'm doing HIT. The day before Saturday, I did low carb, so I'm doing cardio. And on Sunday, I'm either resting, or if I had a high carb day, or I made that my free day or whatever, I might wanna do HIT or strength training. So the question here is, does this work because I am just balancing everything out so that I eat fewer calories during my eating window? And can I do that without this tediousness? Or does this work because I'm changing fuel sources, which is what proponents of it say. They say it works because you are changing fuel sources. Here you're having uh, fat as your fuel source, primary proteins always steady. But here your emphasis is on fat, 40%. Here your emphasis is on carbs, 40%. Fat, carbs, fat, carbs. So is it working because I'm changing fuel sources? Or is it working because it's simply another boundary in my life? And do I need this tedious of a boundary? I'm not telling you what to do. I just want to help you see it.
And this might be exactly what you need. I'm not putting that down either. All right, so you can see here that the days are going to be, when you do it this way, low, high, low, high, low, high, that's talking about carbs. When you do it that way, it is going to be um, uh, paired with your workout from the, with your food, your workout is gonna be paired with your food from the day before, okay? And that I will attest to, that's really, really needed. Um, if I were eating really low carb, really, really low carb, and you know what? Think about it is people all the time do HIT and strength training with a low carb diet. They do it with keto, but their bodies are so adapted to only to using fat as their primary fuel. They rarely ever use carbs as their primary fuel source. So their bodies are adapted to it. So they work out that way without any problems. So it's not that that can't be done. All right. So let me see what else I need to say about the more difficult approach. Um, if you need more fat loss, you know, you could do too low and then a high. Uh, the mental and emotional uh, uh, benefits are definitely there because we like carbs and our bodies like carbs. And so we have that approach to look at. We get, to, we get that approach. The thing about it is, what can you do this without that? Can you just watch your window better? Can you just look at your week more? Okay, that's another question. Because you think about the, um, what is that, carbohydrate addicts diet, where you don't eat carbs all day and then you just eat it in your evening meal. Another approach to this, right? Low carb during the day, that is, that is a diet where you eat all the time, but you eat low carb, you eat low carb, you eat low carb, you eat low carb, and then at night you have your carbs during your evening meal. Changing up a fuel sources. Suzanne Summers, changing up a fuel sources. All right, so do you need to change fuel sources? Do you need some kind of boundary that will cause you to eat more real foods? Do you need a boundary that will cause you to eat fewer calories? What do you need? All right, so that is the more difficult approach, the most difficult approach. The most difficult approach of all is one that does not have alternating of low and high. It has low, medium, and then it has high for 500 carbs for one day for a cheat day. This is just one, one approach. You would use the, the board from before, and, but then you would just alternate low carb and medium carb. So it'll be low, medium, low, medium, low, medium, and your low is under 50, so that's more close to a keto diet. But keep in mind that keto is not just low carb. It's 75% fat. So you can't really say it's a keto diet um, unless you are doing 75% fat, 15% protein, 10% carbs. Um, so technically to me, the most difficult of all approach is really just a low carb diet. That, that's how I see that. I just see that as a low carb diet. And they're just alternating so that they can have more carbs some days. So maybe, you know, every other day they can get a potato and an apple or watermelon and a sweet potato or something like that. It's not really, to me, carb cycling as much because they're really staying low all the time. These people really probably more than likely just lose weight because they're in ketosis all the time, right? And they have that extra calorie padding. Um, this approach might not be low enough in calories if you are not also compensating with another macro cut. Right, because on your high carb day, what if you're also eating a lot of fat? What if your cheat day is like a four thousand calorie day? See, I, I don't really that whole idea of cheat days. I don't really like. Um, so I'm not sure if the benefit from this is really that it's a low carb diet, um, or if it's you know really the changing of it. Uh, this can be combined with the medium complicated to get your exact counting of your macros. So again, what do you need to do to bring in your boundaries? Do you need something this elaborate? Do you need something this complicated? Where are you at on your weight loss journey with intermittent fasting? The thing about it is, regardless of what kind of boundary you bring in, whether you're just going to bring in and have a shorter eating window and you're going to have OMAD over three and you're going to look at your whole week and you're going to do all those things that I've been teaching, or you're going to 
calorie cycle or you're going to carb cycle or you're going to cut out certain foods, whatever it might be for your boundary, um, you'll be surprised now with intermittent fasting how much more easily you can do it. I know for myself, when I used to count calories or when I tried points or when I was low carb, having those restrictions made me, when I was doing low carb, I always wanted apples and bananas. When I was doing low fat, low calorie, I always wanted butter. You know, I always wanted something with more fat. And it's because we're restricting complete food groups. But that's also why people are losing weight with those approaches because they are bringing in the boundaries, they're cutting out entire macros, they're cutting out entire food groups, and so their calories are greatly reduced. So what do you need to do with intermittent fasting in order to get to your goal? It might not be anything that I've talked about in episodes 26, 27, and 28. But I hope that regardless of what it is, you've gained some knowledge about understanding the importance of real food and also remembering from my teaching about ghrelin and leptin that ghrelin and leptin respond most with real foods. So if if carb cycling or calorie cycling, either one, causes you to eat more fruits and vegetables, then you're going to get more benefits from hearing ghrelin and leptin. They're going to help you control your hunger hormones. And it's going to be a win-win regardless. So whether you're taking on a strict boundary, a strict restriction, or you just want a little bit more restriction, a little bit more help, you can learn through these podcasts, videocasts 26, 27, and 28, how to get some of those helps that might be just the thing that you need to take you to your goal in intermittent fasting. Thank you so much for joining me. You can hop off now if you don't want to hear about Ease. This is the sponsor of today's episode. Um, it is a plant-based supplement from Plexus. So I'm going to be talking about this for a few minutes. I'd like to tell you about that so that you can choose to hop off if you don't want to hear the commercial. I Don't put the commercials in the middle of the episodes. I put them at the end so that you can choose to stay on or not stay on. That's totally up to you. Again, you don't have to supplement in order to do intermittent fasting. You don't have to count. You don't have to carb control. You don't have to do anything to intermittent fast, right? But the things that I like to do are my plant-based supplementation. So Ease, E-A-S-E, is just as its name suggests, it makes things easier. It's easing pain, it's easing inflammation, and it is a plant-based supplement. They are capsules. My husband and I take four to six a day. We take two or three in the morning and two or three at night. It helps him with his um, arthritis in his knees. And it helps me with restless leg syndrome. And it also helps with inflammation of other kinds, as we'll see as I go through the ingredients. So you can visit our store. The link is there um, to check out all, I think there are 18, there are 18 to 20 plant-based supplements. All Plexus supplements are natural and plant-based. And many of them have clinical studies associated with them for efficacy. So I really love that. You can check out those um, uh, studies there at our store also. Um, I also uh, have a link there to the Hunger Control Slim. You can go read about that and learn more about it. Um, or you can get a free sample from, um, our, uh, from my blog uh, that I'll send you in the mail. Uh, but today we're going to talk specifically about ease and they are capsules and they have one, two, three, four, four amazing ingredients that you hear a lot about separately. So one of the nice things about getting a plant-based supplement like this is that you can, you'll be doubling up on some things. So like our probiotic, for example, it has digestive enzymes. It has, um, uh, um, something to break down bad bacteria. It has enzymes to break down bad bacteria and it gives good bacteria. So you get three things in one supplement. The same thing is true with ease. There are four specific ingredients that do four amazing things for our bodies in ease capsules. The first one is green lip muscle. So that means that if you have a shellfish allergy, you should not take ease. Um, and uh, the green lip muscle is indigenous um, to certain parts of the country that people of the world where people eat them 
and, and to eat these green lip mussels extensively. And one, in one place, a study found that uh, the indigenous elderly people of that community uh, consuming green lip mussel have little to no arthritis. The whole village has little to no arthritis, including the elderly people in, the, the, in that tribe. They have little to no arthritis because of their consumption of the green lip mussel. And this includes even people with demanding activities, which tribal people would usually have demanding life activities in order to live. Okay, and the next ingredient is bromelain. And uh, you may have heard of this from pineapple. That's why you see all these graphics floating around social media about the healing effects of pineapple and how pineapple is amazing for you and all everything it does for you. Um, it's anti-inflammatory. It is great for asthma, allergies, arthritis, and most post-surgical recoveries. So bromelain is uh, the second ingredient. The third one is turmeric. You've heard about this. You've seen the social media posts, uh, how you're supposed to put turmeric in everything because it is one of the most anti-inflammatory anti -inflammatory, inflammatory, um, ingredients available. I even heard uh, the brain guy talking about superfoods, and turmeric was the only spice that he listed as one of the superfoods um, that we should be consuming every day. Um, because it is anti-inflammatory, it's great for depression, it's great for Alzheimer's, um, and it ha this uh, ease has quite a bit of turmeric in it. And so um, by taking four to six a day, we're getting our green lip muscle, our bromelain, and our turmeric. Lastly, it has serapeptase. You hear a lot about this. You can order serapeptase separately on Amazon. A lot of people take it when they fast because it helps uh, break down non-living tissue in the body. So in other words, it is going to aid in our um, cell um, uh, breakdown of the cells that we don't want anymore. It is going to, it's also great for mucus. So here are a lot of people taking serapeptase for congestion, for allergies, for asthma, ear, nose, throat, all that, those mucus um, areas, mucusy areas, um, that it is actually remarkable for those types of ailments that people can actually take uh, serapeptase and then in a few days actually alleviate a lot of allergy kind of asthma symptoms. Not that it would replace anybody's medicine. Everything needs to go through a doctor. I would never claim to have that knowledge. All right. And um, it is also great for muscles and joints. We've heard about that a lot with serapeptase. Great for pain relief. I use this instead of over the OTC. The only time I take um, Advil or Tylenol or something like that is if I have a fever, which doesn't happen very much between intermittent fasting and my healthy supplementation. Um, I don't even know, not even once a year anymore. <laughs> um, and it's also a great product for fibromyalgia, headaches, and joint pain, and so forth. So Plexus Ease, give it a try. Contact me if you want to know more. Thanks a lot for joining me. I hope that you uh, got some good information out of these last few episodes about some more boundaries that you may or may not want with your intermittent fasting. Regardless, fast long, fast well. May the fast be with you.